The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 31. How is digital engagement driving the sports industry forward? to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I am your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports professional in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sport. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Luca Massaro. Luca is the CEO at digital engagement agency WePlay and the founder of Future Sport, where he works with iconic sport brands to enhance their reach to new exciting audiences through digital engagement. Also, from his work and passion, Luca is recognised and awarded as a sport industry leader from the sports industry's Next Gen Awards. For that reason, to have Luca on the show is such a privilege. That's why in today's episode, Luke will share his career journey and explain how digital engagement is developing the sports industry. Luca, it's a privilege to have you on the show. Please can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? It's a pleasure to be on the show, Ed. So, 2009, I graduated from Portsmouth University, where I studied uh, music technology and music production. And uh, I guess there is where I had the the same struggles that most graduates would have on, well, what do I do now, right? 2009 also was the probably the heart of the economic crash, so there wasn't really a lot of opportunity for young people going around. Whilst I was at university, I had already enterprised. I had a business. I was running club nights, um, as a lot of university students do, actually. But that gave me already the confidence I needed that I knew I could build something from scratch. So that wasn't a business that I started to build then, but I built a blog I built a blog and it's still active. It's called IamLuca.co.uk, and I began to distill all of the noise that was happening around social media and where it intersects with the entertainment world. So I'd done my degree in music, and I'd specialised in music business, and also I was running my club nights, so I knew a lot about the entertainment scene. So I began to look into the world of digital marketing. And on my blog, I was writing articles about what the opportunities in the space. That grew, and by, I'd say, within one year, I was consulting to a lot of different PR agencies on social media and how they could help their clients with social media. And summer of 2010, I was, funnily enough, sent a direct message on Twitter by a guy who worked for Chelsea Football Club. And uh, he said, I'm a fan. He said, I've read some of your stuff. We need some support. Um, are you into sport? So, you know, being half Italian, it's pretty much in your blood. So uh, I guess the rest was was pretty much history from then. And um, I spent a, a little while at the club. It wasn't until um, probably that I saw 
the sports industry relied too much, particularly at the top in rights holder level, particularly at the top, relied too much on broadcast money, which meant in comparison with other industries, which were things like video gaming, or music, film, um, FMCG, which is like your food, beverage businesses, um, fashion, retail, those industries don't have broadcast money. So they have to innovate. They have to advance their business. They have to understand and adopt technology, whereas sports industry didn't, not from a consumer perspective anyway. From a participation angle, yes, sports organisations tend to have the best in coaching facilities, um, the best in performance data, um, physiotherapies, you know, everything that's needed to get the best out of high-performing athletes. But from a consumer market perspective, it was nil. And um, I saw that as an opportunity. It was something that I saw that eventually the sports industry will have to react to. And when it does, I don't want to be working for a club when it does. I want to be working for a business or running a business that's going to provide those services. And 2012, I set up WePlay, which is a digital agency that sits at the intersection of where sport meets digital media. You can imagine those both those industries separate, the world of digital media and advertising and the world of sport are both multi-billion pound industries. So where they meet is a huge explosion of, of need, confusion, opportunity, and our business helps leading rights holders and leading brands who have a direct uh, objective to engage what is a consumer that has an interest in sport? Um, we help those types of organisations um, through digital media. Just touching back on your career, though, looking back now, what core skills do you feel students need to be able to work in this sector with regards to the sports industry? A lot of skills, a lot more than they did when I graduated. So the demand is high, which means that it's very competitive. For my industry alone, well, actually, if I look, if I give a bit of a bit more of a rounded context on this sports industry from a business perspective, because it ranges from ticketing to hospitality to broadcast, which I've mentioned already, PR and marketing, digital services like we offer, and then a range of wider services that rights holders, particularly at a football club level, need to help service, so it could be in-stadium activities, it could be technology, it could be match day services, those types of things. So you think about sports as a whole as a wide entry point, but the fastest growing vertical within is how digital is transforming each of those, not digital as a silo, but how digital as an enabler, so we're talking about how technology is helping each of those verticals within sport to advance so somebody looking to get into the industry whether it's sports whether it's through marketing or whether it's through working in in broadcast or whether it's through working in just in in stadiums if they have an understanding of technology if they are well versed in being on the cutting edge reading the latest magazines the latest blogs the likes of your tech crunch your mashables the next web reading sport business, FC business, sportsindustry.biz, sportbusiness.com, listening to podcasts like this, just really just just ensuring that they are a sponge and that they just 
They know what is happening. And they go into those interviews being able to tell the interviewer something that they do not know. Right? That's what's going to help any young person get a job. I couldn't agree with you more in that sense. I feel some students are in a bubble when they're at uni, but when they leave and graduate, they just don't know where to start. Mm. And I think building that understanding early is a really important factor. Just touching back, though, on today's main topic, how is digital engagement driving the sports industry forward, looking back from when you're at Chelsea, for example? Well, it all comes down to consumption, right? So you saw about three weeks ago Sky Sports announced that their viewing figures um, are down year on year by 19% on TV. Meanwhile, digital consumption figures are up over 100% year on year. Right? We've just seen that Top Gear um, relaunched with Jeremy Clarkson as the Grand Tour as an Amazon-only product. Word is that Amazon paid $250 million, I think, for it. How is this happening? So this is where it all starts. It's all based around the consumption of services of media has risen which means that the need from a rights holder which is your governing bodies your leagues your teams your federations and a brand in sport who are your generally your sponsors all the ones that generally don't want to pay for rights but still want to target the sports fan they now need to invest their marketing budgets into digital only services knowing that the attention of their target consumer is not on traditional media they know that they can no longer capture the attention, capture the emotion, capture the excitement of the target consumer from a billboard advertisement, from a bus, from a tube panel, from even a TV advertisement. Because think about the last time that you watched TV when they're advertisements. There is a great chance, I would say nine times out of ten, that in one of your hands is either a remote control that allows you to change the channel or fast forward, or a phone, which is a smartphone, which allows you to immediately divert your attention somewhere else until your program comes back on. You are not engaging with the advertising. So this is a this is to some businesses this is a problem. To most businesses that are more goes back to the innovation that was that is is now has now happened at most most companies at most scale. To agencies like us that understand this. If you can capture the attention of that target consumer using digital media, then you don't need traditional media, which means you don't need the traditional marketing budget, which means all of that marketing budget should now be put into digital because that's where the attention is. And that is what's fueled what we call the digital engagement side of the industry. In your view now, how powerful is social media in modern day sport? Well, social media, and I want to tell you anything you don't know, but social media is the buzz term given to the internet. It is the internet. Right? Facebook, if you think about this as a context, accounts for 40% of all digital advertising spend. Google is around 50% of that and there's about 10% spent everywhere else. Absolutely massive. The second stat there is that of Facebook's 40%, 70% of that is mobile. Mobile, 70% of all Facebook's advertising revenue comes through mobile. Okay, So when we think about how is social media um, essentially influencing, changing the consumer behavior, social media is the internet. So Facebook, 
is the single largest platform in the world, 1.8 billion users, five times larger than anything else that it doesn't own, it has the attention. So Facebook could be considered in some in some countries, even in some audiences. I mean, if you're a 16 to 19-year-old male or female, Facebook and Instagram are your internet. Wow. Just touching back, though, on your career, would you mind explaining to listeners what WePlay is all about? So 2012, when I left consulting in agencies, and uh, I decided that it was time for me to build something because this was only going to grow bigger. This opportunity was going to be one that we couldn't not be a part of. And I was too busy at the time advising other agencies and businesses on what to do and not being paid enough for it. I set up WePlay. The name came from my belief that it's better to do things as a we than an I. And I, I, I remember having a conversation that says that I was talking about the sports industry and it doesn't play nice together. And I remember talking to someone about we need to play better together. Right? We need to collaborate. Because there's too many people looking for themselves. Right? And this industry was going was to take us all by a scruff of our necks and rough us all up, particularly how our technology was going to come through and no one was going to see what was going to happen. So that was where the name came from. In the early years, we were pure sports, pure social media. Right? So it was more of if you were a rights holder or a brand, you needed help with social media, we would go to. So you could Google... Um, social media agency sport, we would be number one. But social media services became what's called commoditized. Basically, everybody is offering them. It's that easy. So you have to pivot. And all organizations today, if they're not pivoting and adopting new philosophies, new ways, and innovating, then they die. And that's just fact. So we moved, we diverted a little bit, and we became much more full-service digital. So end-to-end digital, right the way through from data and analytics across digital as a whole, which, which covers not just web and social media, but also mobile, CRM, which is database management, right the way through to search engine optimization, understanding media buying, pay-per-click advertising, etc., into strategy, what is your digital strategy? And for some businesses, that's considered a digital transformation strategy, which is almost the buzz term that says that you need to go from being a dinosaur to being an animal that's actually alive. Content creation and creating content, which again is not just for social, but content that's fit for multiple serve, multiple devices, multiple formats. This could be broadcast level video footage that you film with 4K cameras. So... We kind of evolved our services, and now we are a a digital, full-service digital agency that specializes exclusively in sport. Would you mind explaining to the listeners your blog and what content you provide there? Because I think a lot of listeners will find it quite interesting from an industry perspective. Yeah, sure. So this is probably twofold because we have two, right? So there is the WePlay News section, which is weplay.co forward slash news, which has over 500 articles on basically news, insights, opinions, announcements, technology advances, case studies, everything that you could think that you need, um, all coming from us. Right? Over the last three to four years, we've written copious amounts of content. Um, just this week, we've got three articles, one 
talking about how we conceived, produced, and executed the video with Conor McGregor um, ahead of UFC 205 two weeks ago. Um, had a million views. We distributed it with our partner, the Sport Bible, which I'm sure a lot of yeah. your users will be will know. Of. It was also distributed through BT Sport because it was filmed at broadcast level quality, so BT Sport could push it. It was also distributed through um, <coughs> Daily Mail um, and a few others. So the blog um, has always been an important source of information for, because I come from a background of of content marketing which is essentially creating value through content rather than sales-based marketing, which is advertisements and trying to push people directly to sale. I believe much more in long-term value exchange. So if we can create content, free content, that our target consumers, our B2B clients, our friends in the industry will consume, will share, will see value in, then that only aids in us becoming an authority long-term because there's so much value out there. The second part of that is we also built a, an online magazine called Future Sport. So futuresport.co is owned by us as well, which is a trade magazine, which is industry B2B and what's happening within sport industry across the categories of social media, business and technology. So that was built similar to the way that, that a lot of podcasts are currently seeing an opportunity in the space is that there are organizations like Sport Business and FC Business that have been traditional print media for a long time, but I didn't feel that they fully grasped what was happening in our space where technology and digital overlap in sport. So that's where Future Sport has come in there and there are over a thousand articles on there a lot of it is written by contributors. So for your listeners, we accept contributions. So they, your listeners can write articles if they want to build their own profile. They can send us send us content. Our editorial team will review them, publish them. You'll have an author profile, which we can link to, and you can begin to build your own profile. And Future Sport is a recognized industry outlet now. It has over 20,000 readers each month. So... It again goes back to my philosophy of providing value so that we can be 10, 20 years down the line and know that ours was a journey that was long and hard work, but we did it by providing insight, opinion, expertise, and also by going back to what I said about bringing the industry closer, this idea of we. And that's where, where all of that comes in. I really love that concept with regards to your philosophy, I think. Providing value is a massive part in improving any industry. Just relating back to your career, what have you enjoyed the most looking back now? I love the hustle. Okay, For me, um, if you go on my personal blog, iamluca.co.uk, you'll see my philosophy. It says, life is just a game, play it your way. It's, I, I built that four years ago, five years ago, and... It's still the same now. It's all just a game. Even if the business fails tomorrow, I'll dust myself off. You know, for me, um, a quote that I really like at the moment from Conor McGregor's coach, it says, we either win or we learn. You know, you never lose. For me, this whole game, you know, this whole hustle, building something from scratch, starting a business at 25, sorry, at 26, 
been walking into CEO's office who's 55, 60 years old and thinking, who's this guy? And over time, having them know that they need us, pay us. You know, we now have 14 clients from football clubs to global brands like Red Bull to you know, the shirt sponsor of Chelsea Football Club, Yokohama Tires, to organisations like Wales Rugby, Bath Rugby, track cycling clients. You know, the list is endless because we're no longer an anomaly. We're no longer the young people that come to the table last while all the adults speak. Now we set the agenda. Digital technology services now run the room. And the traditional guys that want to talk to you about what they've got in print media or what, they've, what they're doing from a hospitality perspective doesn't even touch close because we're speaking to the global audience, not just a few thousand people in London or a few thousand people that come to your stadium. We're speaking to hundreds of millions of people on a yearly basis through our business, and that's what we do. So for me, the journey, the hustle, and for anybody listening, it's, it's all about confidence. Everything today is about confidence. There are Fortune 500 CEOs who don't know the answers, and they rely on young people, confident young people, to help them. Me, myself, I don't have the time anymore to know everything. I used to feel like I knew everything. Now, I've got a whole team to manage, and I've got a business to grow, which means if we can have young people join us who know more than we do about certain areas, who can tell us about, who can inform me of the growing market of esports, who can tell me about the growing market of virtual reality, who can inform me about the money that China is spending in sport. You know, all of these different areas that are currently rising week on week, something is happening week on week, are opportunities. So there was a time when I needed to know all of that information. I needed to hustle and be, and be heard. Now I'm at a different side of the table and I'm looking for who's fueling me with this information now. And you know, that segues into, we have, we have an intern program and we've just agreed to take on two new interns and start in January and they'll do three month placements, almost like competitive like The Apprentice, only one of them will be hired. So by April time, we'll have taken one more young person on as an entry level um, on a grad program. And that's all part of the hustle. I couldn't agree more again with regards to that philosophy, but also confidence is even there. I'm finding speaking to you today, and as I said, it's been six months now, and it's great to have the opportunity to speak to somebody who has that passion like you do. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who want to work in the sports industry? Firstly, I'd say know yourself. Okay, um, you know, a, a friend of mine and a huge influence on business and marketing, a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk, um, says says it best. And he talks about self awareness, the need to know yourself. So don't pretend. Don't try and be something that your parents say you should be. Don't listen to people who are telling you that your ideas are not good enough. Firstly, it's about knowing yourself because that will provide confidence. Surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with people that make you feel good, that are positive, that are moving their lives forward and get rid of anybody that's not. Simply, you know, you have to cull sometimes and get rid of people that are potentially holding you back, slowing you down. I had to do it. I had to do it. I had great friends groups, 
bear in mind, go back, I used to run nightclub events at university, right? I used to run the door at 2,000 person capacity venue. Imagine how, how if you're friends with me, you get VIP treatment, right? Imagine how many, you know, in inverted commas, friends I had, right? And a lot of your listeners will probably have a lot of, maybe, um, you might want to call them fickle friends, right? And it's important that we're in a, we're in a, a, a I'd say a revolutional time, right? No one in your listenership is old enough to remember when the radio became the TV, right? And we're going through a time where the smartphone is now the TV, and the TV is now the radio, right? So we're looking at a, at a huge shift in consumer behavior and communications. If you've got the confidence to apply yourself, understand there are opportunities out there, you might not know the answers, but if you are willing to, to try, wing it, figure it out, hustle, make something happen, then you'll go far. And that would be my experience to anyone. It's just to have some level of entrepreneurial ability, some level of, yeah, some level of, of, of hustle. Luca, that's great. And I really do hope the listeners take those pieces of advice on board. How can people interact with you? Best to, to hit me on Twitter. So at I am Luca, I-A-M-L-U-C-A. Generally most active on there. It's something that I, uh, you know, I built from 2009 onwards. And I had 3,000 followers, but no one had 3,000 followers. But, you know, seven years later, I still have 3,500 followers. So that's, 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 that's kind of a testament to how Twitter has slowed in growth. Um, yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Go to uh, iamluca.co.uk. Check out some of some of the stuff I used to write about because it's still great intel. And then, yeah, of course, go to WePlay, weplay.co. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All of Luca's details in regards to how you can engage with him will be on my blog relating to this post. Luca, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks. Sir. What an incredible interview by Luca. And I really do hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. What I found most fascinating, though, from a sport industry perspective is the regards to the digital aspect. Luca said it so clear that old marketing techniques like billboards or posters, soon they will be out the window because everything will be online. Everything will be digital because of one thing, it hits a global audience. And for that reason, that's why there's clear indications why athletes have large amount of followers football teams, rugby teams, or any sport organisations have a large fan base, all due to one area, one location, with regards to social media or any other platforms which provide that value for them to get recognised in what they do with their target audience. For me, that is a huge shift in where the sports industry is going forward. But from a sports science perspective, if you're studying at university, I highly recommend you checking out We Play and Future Sport with regards to the two blogs. Because if you do want to be a journalist of any form or you want to test it out for experience, get involved, be an author, you're building credibility from the word go. So get on those websites, build your experience, and that is how you'll get your foot in the door in the sports industry. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Lucas said, The need to know yourself. Don't pretend. Don't try and be something your parents say you should be. 
Don't listen to people who are telling you that your ideas are not good enough. Firstly, it's about knowing yourself. That will provide you the confidence. Surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with people that make you feel good, that are positive, that are moving their lives forward. And get rid of the people who are not and holding you back.